Good God, it's the hardest part of the ring! Good time zone, everybody, and welcome to the hardest part of the ring, your favourite AEW podcast that involves three people, one of whom is called Zach. I am one of your three hosts for this next however long we natter on. My name is Eden, and joining me on the opposite side of the computer is... It's me. It's the head of the table, Matt Berry. How's it going, everybody? The head of the table. Head of the table. Ooh. And joining me and the head of the table, Matt Berry, on the other side of the sofa is... It's me. It's Zach. Possibly your second favourite Zach. We're going to have to double check and narrow that down. <laughs> it's my first favourite Zach, so... Yeah! My, my first favourite Zach, too. Yes. Or. <laughs> <laughs> it's the early days of podcast. We're doing it's a teething time. We're changing up the format a little bit again. And now for something completely different. And now for something <laughs> completely different. Because we figured, like, you don't need three Dorcases to recap the show you watched. So instead, we just we're just going to assume that you know what happened because you watched it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this because there's going to be spoilers all over. And instead of recapping the show, we're just going to. We've each picked a little highlight from the show, and we're going to sort of spin off into big old discussion. The first... I mean, that's basically what we were, we were kind of going off on discussions anyway, but because we were like, oh, we're recapping, we've got to bring it back, I feel like that didn't really... Yeah, now the tangents are the show, rather yeah. than being tangents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I feel like that's more interesting to listen to. Yeah. Um, And the first the first topic we have to discuss... Because the last episode of Dynamite was Blood and Guts. We have to talk about the Blood and Guts match. I mean, to be honest, I think we would be arrested if we didn't talk about the Blood and Guts match. Yeah, I mean, Blood and Guts. it is like a, a year in the making. Yeah. At least. Is it that long? Well, like, the, no. originally, the Blood and Guts match was supposed to be the Inner Circle versus the Elite. Oh. And then Pandemic I happened. I see. Okay. Because it's it, it like it's got Cody Rhodes' stank all over it. The elite had to be involved somehow. Yes, I'll give you that. But yeah, like the pandemic happened and it and it got delayed and delayed, and delayed. And now here we are with the pinnacle versus the inner circle. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the match as in general? It was fantastic, right? Like I can't. That is the the top and tail of it, isn't it? Like, it was really <laughs> it good. Was good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. There we go. Podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> uh, Matt, what were your thoughts on it? There's a lot of blood in it. So at least... A delivered. lot of blood. There wasn't a lot I was of... undersold on guts. There mm-hmm. was not, not enough guts, but plenty of blood. Uh, had a lot of scope, I feel, to be very confusing about what happened. But once it got going and you got the flow of it, yeah, it was... Easy enough to follow. I still think when things were going super crazy, there was potential of missing things, but there seemed to be enough like structure with the guys in the match to be able to make sure that when someone did something crazy, you didn't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's, there's, um, I think it was Ross from Cultaholics says he doesn't like a, a gimmick show that needs notes. And yeah. the, 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 the Blood and Guts format does kind of need some notes. There was two screens of notes when Justin Roberts was in, in yeah. like, explaining the match. But once it got going, you kind of just understood what was going on. Yeah. Like, 
you didn't need to keep re- referring to, oh, why did this happen? Why did this happen? You just, it, it it made sense as it went. So it did really need explaining, which I thought was good. Because, like, another thing, another thing I want to bring up is you were nervous about it getting to the War Games match too fast. Yes. I I think, at least, at least in my opinion, they, they made up for that with the initial, like, slow entry of everyone. Mm-hmm. Because you got all of the fights that would have been individual matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone so, squared off with their counterparts. So yeah, so by the time the match actually started, we sort of had seen all of the brawling that we needed to see. Mm-hmm. I, I I will I will mention we got we got a really good cut of the War Games match. Apparently, a lot of it was cut out for ad breaks on the TNT stream. Yes. Yeah, I'd heard that. Uh, apparently Wardlow's entrance and Tully Blanchard's interference were both in the ads. Oh my that god. Was all, that was picture in picture stuff. That was they were both picture in picture slots. Mm. Oh I hadn't even realized so, that. So that so bit where we... Wardlow kind of just, you know, smashed three members yeah. of the inner circle by himself was just a little oh picture my god, in the book. <laughs> So had had we watched on the ITV stream, we would have missed that completely because ITV doesn't get picture in picture; they just cut that section out. Yeah. Wow. wow. Oh, so so fight, you get a pass this week. Yeah. Bonus bonus fight points. Hmm. Um, negative points for to AW for, but programming the match like that in the first place. It was. I mean, okay. Benefit of the doubt. It was a very long match. Yes. Forty-five very, minutes. Very I think they said yeah. again. So. And apparently they had to cut like four minutes off because Kenny Omega overran. <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> well, we, we could see him forgetting the script, so it's Definitely. not a shock that he overran a bit. <laughs> this is a really good start to the all-out kind of matches in the war, though. Like, it completely yes. alleviates those problems that I had about it. This feeling like this should be the blow-off rather than the beginning. But considering how this all went down, yeah, I'm, I'm still excited to see all the individual matches. And then I guess we can come back for some another big team-based battle. We'll have a hard time topping this for the sheer oh, yeah. like, brutality of everything. But Going in, it wasn't really an inner circle, and I've said this before, it wasn't really an inner circle pinnacle thing. It was an MJF Jericho thing mm-hmm. with the hints of an MJF Sammy thing as well. But this really did set up, it's now the two teams hate each other. Yeah. And they don't just hate each other because their leaders have told them to. <laughs> one thing, one thing I really appreciated that I feel like I haven't seen anyone else talk about it, but that might just be because I've not seen it as opposed to it not happening. But they did a really fantastic job of visually distinguishing the two teams. They really did. Yeah. Which is difficult at the best of times, especially when you're considering they're behind cages. But having that, like, one team be, like, stark white, and if I remember correctly, it was mostly bloody tighty-whities on that team. (laughs) Um, You know, and then having the other team be sort of the black jumpsuits. Mm. They were not only um, visually distinguished between the colours, they were visually distinguished between, like, the, the, uh, I guess, profile of the uniforms and things. Yeah. and there wasn't a moment in the match where I didn't 
like Never where I seen. lost track of team members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is difficult when you've got ten big men yeah. having a having a fight behind a cage. Well, when <laughs> when you've got like when you got that many big men and you like you said the hard cam was through a cage. Yeah. Um, the fact that they did think about dressing in in black and white as far away from party as possible like and again it was like one team was traditional wrestling and the other team was a bit more like street thuggish yeah um it really works so yes. like props to whoever decided those <laughs> costumes yeah um it, like it, it also helps that like within the two teams particularly the the inner circle but within the two teams each of them do have their own unique silhouette like, there's no way, despite the fact that they both have a kaiju on their team, you're not going to mistake the silhouettes of Wardlow and Jake Hager. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so there, there were, like, uh, but but again, through the cage, a lot of things can be distorted. And so, yeah. And, and bear in mind, like, it was a, a violent match. And so it's not to say that, like, yeah, okay, stood like stood next to each other behind a screen. You aren't going to confuse them, right? Like, and you could just see the silhouette, but when limbs are flailing <laughs> mm-hmm. and blood is flashing everywhere, yeah. you know, sometimes you can lose track of whose arm that is. Like, um, especially when it's been ripped off. Uh, <laughs> Sean Spears' face covered in blood and Dax Howard's face covered in blood. You could probably mistake one for the other. You know, like it's not. It's it's more just obviously. Again, you're also relying on camera angles and all that sort of stuff. But it was it was very well done. There there wasn't a moment where I lost track of who was who and. Mm-hmm. It did make me laugh how very quickly the uh, white tie white got totally ditched every time somebody came in. Like, it was like the minute they came in, 10 seconds later, that was it. Yep. It was filthy. And um, <laughs> Santana and Ortiz need to take a, take a lesson from like Darby Allen and Sting on where to get good white face paint. Because that came off straight away. Oh, yeah, it did. It <laughs> that lasted like that. five seconds. Now, to even Darby Allen's, Come pretty quick, but, but not, not that quick. No. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate the little reference they went for. Yeah, the the, the uh, dead president's yeah. thing again. Glad Excalibur mentions that every time. Yeah, otherwise yeah. it just it. looks a bit weird. Yeah. Um. I mean, you say it would look weird, but this is wrestling. I mean, yeah. Like nobody would bat an eyelid whether it was a reference or not. True. Because, true. Oh, they're cool. They're doing something. That 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 skull faces is that yeah. what we're going? It's odd that they people have to kind of like say Excalibur has knows his audience in terms of what it is because when they these guys come out and they have to do the dead presence thing to kind of put out, but when like you know Nyla Rose comes out in a Mega Man like kind of <laughs> like symbolized singlet, he never says a word about it. He like, knows he doesn't. He just have assumes to. everyone knows who Mega Man is. Every, every time Shanna comes out in that Goku outfit, he's like, yeah. "No, I don't need to mention you know. Yeah, you you're all dorks. Yeah." Except that Ricky Starks is around and then he has to like talk about Dragon Ball Z for a bit. It's like they do in that show. Give me your power. Ah. <laughs> anyway, getting sidetracked from Blood and Guts. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> We're like, big track. yes, we'll just make the tangents the show and then we find a Find a new, better tangents. <laughs> um, I love the fact that everyone got a chance to shine in this. This is what you should always do yeah. with your yeah. beginning. Especially, like, I feel the staggered entrances always make it really... I wouldn't say easy, but definitely give someone that kind of like the new energy, the new person in the match. There you go. This is your spot before you get clobbered kind of bit. Um, I love the opening part, Sammy versus Dax. Dax is like, you know, stealth, one of the best wrestlers on the on the show, clearly, because every time they put him in the singles matches, it's always really good. Oh, yeah. His Mm. his singles matches really do shine. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And of of course, FTR are one of the best tag teams. Like yeah. they're one of the best tag teams going. But Dax really does get a chance to shine in singles, and that intro was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like going back to what you're saying about everyone getting their moment to shine, like I was a bit wary about Sean Spears being, you know, the extra the extra guy, mm-hmm. lost um, in the shuffle sort of thing. Yeah, and even he, like he killed it in yeah. in this match. He like killing he came Sammy. in. Yeah, <laughs> he came in with his like personalized chair. Yeah, like and just he he was. Mm, real good, real good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy getting the coast to coast off, yeah. jumping from one ring post to another for a drop kick. That was like, I would, I'm always terrified by that spot, but it's always super cool to look at. It can go so wrong in so many ways, mm-hmm. but it looks so good. And there's no way that doesn't hurt. Like, there's no, no way you can. Everybody gets hurt, <laughs> but it looks cool. <laughs> so that's wrestling, right? Everyone gets hurt, but it looks cool. Leaping across the ring directly onto your tailbone. No, I don't. I can't see that hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems fine. Yeah, and the amount of force you have to put it to also kicking in the chair is not going to not hurt the guy who has the chair in his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Half the time it hurts the guy who's also holding the chair in front of someone else's face because the whole thing kind of like shagangs in your hand and kind yeah, of. Like, the- all that force has well. to go somewhere and it's going down your arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Jake Hagar and Wardlow having the kind of kaiju standoff. Like, Hagar They got of... a whole ring to themselves. Yeah, they had a whole ring for themselves for about five <laughs> minutes, didn't they? But yeah, Hagar sort of doing the drawing the line in the sand thing, like, enter if you dare, Mr. Giant Ape Man. <laughs> I... I genuinely feel like at some point Hagar and Wardlow forgot they were supposed to be wrestling and were outright just <laughs> Yeah. Like, it was fantastic. I, I think at one point, like, at the very least, they forgot about the other eight men in the other ring. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> in fact, I'm pretty sure they did the minute they locked eyes. They were like, oh, this is it. I'm yeah. wreck you. Boys. This is the real match. <laughs> <laughs> An actual MMA fighter versus a guy who actually really likes MMA is like, okay. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. We're just going to clobber each other against the cage for a bit. So- yeah, let's, let's just do a bit of MMA. Nobody will notice. No. I mean, there was, there was talking about, the, you know, never, I never lost track of limbs. Actually, never. Tell a lie. When uh, Hagar and Wardlow were just, they were just on the floor of the ring, just absolutely wailing on each other. It was like one of those cartoon dust clouds yes, with just the was, limbs yeah. coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like in the best possible oh, way, yeah. it was just like, I've got no idea what's happening there, but do you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> they look like they are wailing on each other. Great. Yeah. <laughs> the the Wardlow, Wardlow coming out originally, I know we said it was in picture in picture, but mm-hmm. he just comes out and owns the ring. Yeah. Takes on three guys on his own. Mm-hmm. Just, ah, uh, do the like, Wardlow. Just launching sammy into the cage just mm-hmm. like he's nothing just nuts like crazy um yeah and then the ring starts getting taken apart that's when it's all somehow they take the violence even further up uh just yeah uh, like ftr just start to they, they decide to dismantle the ring and then on the other side sean's like oh we're doing that now are we yeah i'll just start unscrewing this well they've got to beat the traffic here so I might as well start the <laughs> yeah down, you know <laughs> pat, pat down early beat the traffic <laughs> <laughs> i do re- was it um was it Sammy Guevara whose head nearly went careening into the uh, it, buckle? Yeah, it, it, I want to say Sammy because that feels like a Sammy Guevara spot to mm. get yourself into. It was either Sammy or Sean Spears. Like oh, it was Sean landed, Spears landed landed like dangerously close to that like turnbuckle that we just left on the floor. Yeah, yeah, the massive yeah. metal pole behold it to the actual yeah. like post. Yeah, 
Yes, um, it was dangerous because of the buckle, but not in the fun wrestling way. In the no, kind of in the in the somebody <laughs> move that big bit of metal away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, FDR um, had that massive like spike pile driver on them that like yeah. between, between proud and powerful and Sammy that that they they tore up the ring and they were the ones that ended up getting their heads driven into the wood. As yeah. is so, tradition, you set up a table, you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I um, guess we should really get sort of get towards finish, unless anyone the, the wants to, finish. unless anyone has any other things they want to bring up specifically in the match. I just want to mention the Sammy Guevara gaff where he slips oh, off poor the ring, boy. goes oh. head first into the uh, poor guy into the middle of the ring. I felt so bad for it. Now he he got up, mm-hmm. and I think he played into it. Yeah, because he was stumbling around, and I was genuinely like, "Oh my god, I, please don't be." Yeah. I did verify he is okay. Yeah, like mm-hmm. so he, he played into it. He knew it looked bad, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, that's it. I am gonna, gonna use this. Do, do an audible, as they say." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he starts like stumbling around, and I'm like, "Oh my god, please don't be a Matt Hardy. Please don't be a Matt Hardy." Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's very quickly back mm. to his like mm-hmm. regular wrestling. Uh, self, uh, but yeah, I mean, great, great, great like, improv, acting yeah. recovery. Yeah, that was yeah. really good because I was genuinely worried he'd hurt himself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like, oh um, god, he's not separated a shoulder or anything, falling on us. Like, yeah, yeah, seemed alright. So. Twisted an ankle or mm. giving himself a concussion or whatever. But no, he's he, fantastic, like, improv. Well, I mean, he, he was uh, he was putting shirtless pics on social media <laughs> today, so... Yeah, that's, that's, he's back back to good old Sammy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, shall we talk about the ending? Yes, I please. I feel like we've teased the people yeah. long enough. Um, a lot of people are saying a lot of things about the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, people are apparently mad for that... multiple reasons. People are apparently mad that, that Chris Jericho didn't plummet 50 feet onto concrete. I say 50 feet, that's a bit of a stretch. Mm. Uh, but he didn't like plummet onto concrete. Speaking of Matt Hardy, do we want to remind everyone about All Out? Yeah. We don't want that to happen to somebody else? Yeah, that was preferable. Should we say how we got into the situation, at least? Even if they have yes. seen the match anyway. So like, there's a bit the end, Tully attacks uh, Ref. Nice to see Tully getting involved as well. I like Tully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, steals a key to kind of rescue MJF because at this point, like the Pinnacle are just being murdered, like one by one. Oh yeah, they're yeah. they're like all like face down, nearly dead. Just in the pools <laughs> of their own blood. It's just uh, yeah. And then so MJF decides to do the smart wrestling thing of uh, when you're in the cell, the best way to escape someone is to climb on top of the cell. So that has you never have... failed. Yeah. Once. Uh, Ignore the two tunnels. Ignore the 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 exit to the parking lot. Just go straight up. Yeah, the rest of Daly's place does not exist. I just need to escape <laughs> vertically. This is the only way I can get away. Um, and then there's a lot of fighting on top between Jericho is because it's always going to end be- between Jericho and MJF. Yeah, it yeah. has to. Um, and then you get the nice kind of this is this is the bit I feel like everyone should really focus on more. Right, is just the MJF character bits that come yes. from this moment. Yeah. There are some stellar character bits in this. Bloody's Jericho on top with the diamond ring. Um and then takes Jericho after like kind of doing the giving it the eyes, takes Jericho to the edge of the uh the cell and threatens to throw him off unless the inner circle surrender. That I just want to just want to rewind ever so slightly. There is a there is a good MJF spot before this. Mm-hmm. They get each other in their finishes. Yes. Yeah. Um Jericho gets in the walls. Uh, that doesn't work. MJF tries the salt of the earth, 
and it doesn't work. So he tries beating on it and it beat, beats on Jericho's arm, gets him back in salt. Yeah. It doesn't work. He has tried to do this the the wrestling way mm-hmm. and oh. then realizes that he can't. And there is some there is some visual unraveling yes. as well. Yeah. Like entirely in the face area. You just watch MJF slowly lose his goddamn mm-hmm. mind. And get, again, as he realizes he he can't win this by doing yeah. a wrestle. He has to he has to win. So he yeah. has to threaten to throw Jericho off his cell. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. demanding everyone surrenders because that's the only two ways you can get out of the match. Yeah. Submission yeah. or surrender. And yeah, and I think, Sam, I think it's interesting that Sammy is the one to, to say, don't throw him off. Yeah. Because again, Sammy has watched Matt Hardy fall. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? I don't even think it's that out of anyone in that group, and this is no shade on Sammy at all, but out of everyone else in that group, who is the one that is most likely to be like, no, please don't hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. Because the like, others are all just sort of, I don't know, like they're quite macho in like the not necessarily positive way in terms mm-hmm. of the characters, yeah. you know, I yeah. obviously I mean, don't hey, know the men, but the, the, the characters themselves are very much like no bullshit will take yeah. the pain type thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Sammy has more of that. I don't know. He's, he see, well, he certainly seems a bit younger. I don't know the ages. Yeah, he's definitely younger. He's definitely the youngest, yeah. Um, and yeah. is more likely to see Jericho as like the mentor, a mentor, father well, figure, like kind Jericho of... is the reason he's in AEW in the first place, both mm-hmm. in and out of kayfabe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, out of anyone, it kind of had to be him, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, MJF takes the surrender from Sammy. The Pinnacle officially win, and then he throws him off anyway. Yeah, just... the which again I think since we just seen him unravel, we just seen him snap. I, I like what once the bell rang, I was a little bit disappointed, and then the throw happened, and I was, I was like, oh, oh yeah, there's no coming back from this MJF then. Mm-hmm. Do you know it was really fantastically done, like yeah. just mwah, chef's kiss, kiss all the fingers, <laughs> um, because you know as we were watching. And there was this extended pause where, like, you know, MJF is just, like, he's sort of... He sort of didn't necessarily pull Jericho from the edge, per se, but just, like, there was, like, a clear unwinding of energy. And then just all of a sudden, Jericho is on the floor. And there is this, like... I don't know. Almost emotional wave like through the other men in the match where i mean obviously you know in a circle like they they rushed to check if jericho's you know dead um and then you see the pinnacle like all looking up at mjf and you see this realization on their face of who they are dealing with Mm -hmm. And it was just every single one of them. Except Wardlow. I don't think we got a... We didn't get a good shot of Wardlow. No. But we which... got a shot of, like, um, FTR and Sean Spears, and they were both like, oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I feel like that there was there was some really good um, like visual metaphor in that match. Like, the MJF went in with, I'm going to take your spot. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Jericho's spot is at the top of AEW. And that was the theme going in. That was what he said in that uh, town hall parlay. That was what it was called. Um, And the end of the match was them two at the top. And MJF physically took the spot off him. Yeah, I mean, like even like that great part where as Jericho's lying in the heap on the floor, everyone, like the medical staff are coming out. MJF just screams, thank you, Adam. Yes. And There's then just... goes back to like just grimacing at the crowd. And is you got some really cool shots of him up there as well. Like with the blood and gut sign and him almost like perfectly framed in the middle, just sort of like kneeling on the kneeling on the cell, just glowering with that crimson mask out to the whole people's like. And that's something we've talked about for a while, is like MJF has that kind of underlying psycho thing. Every now and again, he just sort of snaps when he gets so like frustrated. And this was just like the in-ring kind of culmination to the idea that this is a very dangerous human being that has this kind of smarmy facade that will just snap and you will be destroyed because of it. He will destroy anyone and anything in front of him to get what he wants. And the longer you frustrate him, the worse it's going to get. Yeah, and I think it's this, like, or, like very sort of um, successful, like, you can forget uh, just how dangerous MJF can be. I mean, you're so hyper-focused on the very, very stereotypical sort of, like, he's just a smarmy git, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But then you have matches like this where like he really gets to show that like underlying like this man is actually dangerous like he he will mess you up mm-hmm. and like suddenly i'm sort of like oh my god like mjf genuinely is terrifying could you imagine like if he was like real mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah like, god ah. <laughs> he honestly is like a really scary idea of a person like yeah Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so good at acting it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he the, plays the role so well. The, yeah, yeah, the man behind the MJF, terrifying. Like, <laughs> what, what an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, props. Do we want to go into the the reasons people didn't like it, or are we gonna? We may as well cover it because it's nice to get that where... kind of opinion out of it at least. So it's we're it's all here, not great. And we're yeah. talking about it. Yeah. So some some folks were disappointed by the fall. Uh, well, specifically the landing, um, the the staging was like it was crash mats and thin cardboard painted like steel. And yes, it did look a bit flimsier than I think they intended. But you're living in a post Matt Hardy AEW, folks. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. They're not going to nearly kill another man. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, me personally, I would rather see a slightly less brutal fall and be able to see Chris Jericho again next week. Okay, like, it didn't look that bad. Like, Mm -hmm. it it didn't. No. Like, (laughs) I get, okay, it didn't look like it was steel. Fine. But you're literally watching wrestling. Guys, I don't know how yeah. to tell you this. If you don't know it's fake by now, there's no help in you. Like... Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, you know... uh, I was bringing this up with you for like during this the idea of like uh, mankind going off the cell at King of the Ring all those yeah. decades ago about the idea he went off the top of the cell through an ounce table, and most of that wasn't. Gi- I mean, it was had a bit of a gimmick to 
give it some give, but he flew like twenty yeah. feet off, went through a wooden table, and that was the com- that was the cushioning he had to go yeah. through. And I know a lot of people, every time someone comes off the top of a cell, this is brought up because it is one of those defining moments in the way modern wrestling works, especially the way like some of the biggest periods in wrestling has worked. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Mick Foley, but he doesn't walk in the most comfortable fashion. He kind of shuffles. I haven't, I haven't seen him walk. I've seen Mick You've Foley. You've seen, physically seen him. And <laughs> yes. You kind of see that he's worn all those years, all those bumps. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. He's, he's the loveliest man, but he, you can tell that there's a lot of battle scars on him. Yeah. There's, there's and, a lot that beard is hiding. Yes. <laughs> or missing, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, I don't know. I mean, I get, yeah, everyone, I mean, I have those romantic ideas of like this kind of wonder of wrestling and watching this kind of stuff when I was young or seeing it on the highlight reels over the last like two, three decades. But, you know, as a person, I'd rather not have to get to that point where we have to kind of break, physically break human beings in order to really have that kind of believability to it. I'm I'm, I'm here enough for the story. You know, again, I will attest the same way you are. It didn't look the best. You know, there there wasn't a lot of things you could sort of like be in the moment and say, oh my God, he's gone through the stage. It was very obvious it was a crash mat. And you couldn't, 100% 100% ignore it but it was still a case of okay that's just still one guy has thrown another guy off a 20 foot high like structure and, and all the things still... that come around it it still had that impact even if it didn't necessarily visually match up with the destruction that everybody wanted and do you know it's interesting because like is the fact that Jericho fell what was important or was it the fact that MJF pushed him yeah yeah you know like the 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 narrative beat on it for what yeah, is that's like, important here so it's it is for, like worrying about where uh, sorry uh, worrying about where jericho landed is really not the point yeah because uh, th- that was mjf's beat right and yeah. I, uh, you know when we when we had the sort of like looking if jericho was all right he still looked rough enough oh, i yeah. could have mm-hmm. believed you know, like, like mm-hmm. falling twenty feet onto anything after forty minutes of a beating is gonna rough you up. Forty mm-hmm. minutes of a beating, following a thirty-year wrestling career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, man's like man's like, put himself through the ringer mm-hmm. for people's entertainment for thirty years. You can forgive the guy a crash mat. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the story was told just as well with that landing like yeah. and it, like it's it, it would be like going to see the mona lisa and complaining that the frame was a bit tatty yeah <laughs> you're focusing yeah. on the wrong bit and at, yeah. at the end of the day if if you are interested in that very very real form of wrestling that is people genuinely love themselves off huge structures and all that shit there's there's promotions out there for you <laughs> aew might not be it though yeah 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 because i mean i'm just i'm not i'm not here for that and you know mm-hmm. i'm not going to yuck any yums if that is your thing fine but you yeah. might have to look in another promotion for yeah. that kind of content if that's what you want yeah if you like czw that's absolutely fine that's your brand that's how you get your entertainment i'm a-okay with you being fine watching people get power bombed through light tubes or yeah. have you know swinging chainsaw matches 
it's not my kind of shtick, not what I watch it for. But I mean, some people do, and you know, it has yeah. a lot of it has its place in history all over the, for the for wrestling. Yeah. So, but yeah, as I, I, it's an interesting like the way you were putting there, Zach. I'm definitely more. It's they're more important about what happened at the top of the cage as opposed to what happened at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. more about MJF executing a prisoner of war in front of everyone as opposed yeah. to you know the fact that Jericho fell on the crash mat. Yeah. And there, there is a really good shot. Um, of Chris Jericho falling, mm-hmm. and like MJF's hand is still stretched out at the top of the. Yeah. That's such a good shot, and no amount of crash mats can detract how good that photo yeah. is mm-hmm. and how good that moment is. Yeah, it's his scar moment, right? Long live mm-hmm. the king. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's <laughs> like the first the first thing I thought was oh it's, it's like Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's important though, because that's like everything that means, and like in narratively speaking, there. That's why it always kind of pops up in your head when you see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, like the narrative allegories were 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 right there, and mm-hmm. they're so well executed. Yeah. Um, I, I I saw some people saying like he could have landed through like through some tables. They could have set some tables up. Mm. But that would have just telegraphed the ending so much. Yeah. More yeah, than they did, and that would have taken away from it. Yeah, I mean, how would you narratively you... get that work? Because they were in the cell the whole time. That was the yeah. point. There was, how there was... can you act surprised that he throws Jericho into a tower of tables? <laughs> yeah, I get like yeah, that like, the the surprise factor was there, and like yeah, if anything, the 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 crash mat disguised as a steel floor. It adds to this. It adds to the surprise of the moment because yeah. mm-hmm. you don't expect there to be a crash mat there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I saw something really interesting about this in terms of like people being mad about Jericho going like having the crash mat because I've seen people like do the thing that they're supposed to do where they kind of follow the kind of breadcrumb trail back mm. to see where the complaints come from. And it doesn't seem like anyone can figure out where the initial complaint comes from. It's people reacting to people potentially complaining that Jericho went through the crash mat, but no one can find anything concrete that says, I'm mad that he went through the crash mat. At least until Jim Cornette said something. But, I was going to say, yeah. It's, it's, I was expecting you to say it was Jim Cornette. But um, yeah, no one can seem to find a concrete thing that says, this is terrible. Like, people can say, like, the ending's a bit off, but no one can find, so, like, saying specifically, I'm mad that Jericho yeah. landed on a crash mat. It's it's a weird kind of social media thing, man. How it's kind of picked up like some sort of motion from no initial yeah. energy source. I saw. Um, I was watching the the Wrestle Talk uh, recap of Blood mm-hmm. Guts. Apparently, the the live stream chat had a lot of that, but obviously that's not saved. Yes. So there is no uh, well, saved yeah. reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's from that then. Yes. Uh, it could be like all live streams and, and, and live yeah. chats and stuff that, yeah. that isn't archived. I think it's some initial reaction, but not necessarily yeah. a kind of full on like statement, unless, you know, you're a different company who has issues with the way <laughs> Blood and Guts turned out. But, I, uh, yeah, like I could see, like, as an initial sort of like flash in the pan, you go, oh, you know, wouldn't that have been sick if it had just been? Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally wouldn't. But I could see, like, I can see, like, if people really want to believe in that moment, like, being annoyed about it. But then, like, I mean, 
there was a bit I'm not angry about, but I thought was a bit funny, where they like zoomed into Jericho's face when he clearly wasn't expecting it. And like he's sort of doing that, you know, like when you're five and you're trying to hide the fact you're awake from your mum. And like <laughs> he did have his eyes open when he and he sort of like had like one eye open and is like clearly like talking like out the side of his mouth to try and like hide the fact. And then he looks up and realizes <laughs> the camera is on him. And then he like closes his eyes again. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to me, Dean Malenko. I'm bit I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if him and Malenko just shooting the shit when he's pretending yeah. to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong, that was a bit tacky. But like it was still funny. Like it was it was like I wasn't so bothered that I didn't take you out yeah I didn't want to go and rah-rah on the internet about about (laughs) oh it ruined it no it didn't it was just funny like completely out of the story now I don't care anymore it's broken my immersion to the story (laughs) I saw him talking to somebody likes (laughs) the 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 fighting dinosaur that 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 was fine I was happy with that but you telling me (laughs) that that a man got thrown off a cage to a crash mat that's mm-hmm. it, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the the actual landing bit, okay, I'll give you, it had some teething issues, but it was still enjoyable. It mm-hmm. was it was definitely not as bad as Revolution, which I've seen it compared oh, to. God. God, no, it wasn't anywhere like that. So, so we're all going to say that Blood and Guts, uh, good times, you know? Good times. Yeah. Fun um, watching. I mean, I've been felt that good the day after for the guys in the match, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet uh, they all just took the day off. None of them left the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I, we we were we were sort of questioning why they put the roof back on the cage. Yeah. Uh, nice to know that they actually had a reason for putting the roof on the cage and not just mm-hmm. to differentiate themselves from war games. Yeah. Speaking of war games, this bringing back of the classic war games format in its classic form, because this is this is like as close to the original 1980s war games match I think we've had since. Yeah, yeah. There's a variation in other places, but this is as close to Dusty Rhodes' is invention as you can get. There, there have been a number of really cool question mark cage match variations in mm-hmm. in the past of wrestling which f- fortunately or unfortunately a lot of them have gone by the wayside which is a shame <laughs> when um when you are zach and have only known wrestling for about eight <laughs> months so we have tasked matt to do what we are calling weird and wonderful gimmick matches take it away so initially the idea was like oh, i can find some interesting like cage and cell based matches because there's plenty of them. But then I kind of ended up going down that rabbit hole that that anyone will go through when you start looking at things. And I realized I'm going to expand this out to all these different kind of gimmicky matches that I can find through the years to really <laughs> educate both, both myself and then by cursory Zach for and, and bringing you into exactly this is the history of the thing that you this hobby that you've picked up recently. Please enjoy. Yeah, I remember um, we described War Games to you, and you were like, "Well, that's wild. This is the- War Games is tame compared mm-hmm. to." Oh these. yeah, and you told me about a couple like after we watched Dynamite, and I was like, hey, "Yeah, yeah." It, we 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 gave you the Punjabi prison match. Yeah, yep. and that was what the- <laughs> <laughs> it's a bizarre concept, but yeah. So um, AEW had a good job. Of, I say a good job. They've done you know an interesting of um, introducing old gimmicks to newer fans 
things like the dog collar match and is the bunkhouse uh, match the bunkhouse match too yeah those two kind of things are stuff that you would have definitely seen in your kind of 80s territorial wrestling stages before like it became sports entertainment they had they had some renaissance i guess in wcw in the 90s but there's some still some weird stuff that for reasons we'll get into as we go along you'll see why they haven't been picked up but there's some ones i feel like maybe they could have been picked up again but this is specifically this list i'm working with ones that you should never ever see again but i want <laughs> you to know that they were and i want you to know that they existed because you'll never see them again if any of these have dusty roads in them in any way we might yeah. see them come back <laughs> these ones no no i mean <laughs> no yikes. no dust them at all. No, Dusty. Dusty. <laughs> Dusty has some level of quality involved in them. These have, these, <laughs> these have none. Um, I have a list of fourteen, from one to fourteen. If you, this is the game I'm turning this into, guys, I'm gamifying our podcast. Ooh, <laughs> I love a game. Give, give me a number between one and fourteen, and I will give you a short rundown of this specific match. Nine. Nine. Ah, oh, this one is um, a classic ladder match. Which doesn't sound too bad until you realize what the bladder match was for. They've been done for a lot of things, uh, titles, for shots at titles. This is my particular, one of my particular favorite ones. This is custody of a child ladder match. <laughs> no, <laughs> what? The story, uh, the story going in. I'm sure you, I don't know if you remember this, Eden. I do, but, I do. <laughs> so the story of this, it's the legendary wrestlers Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio has a son, which you, if you're watching WWE now, you'll see him tagging with at the moment, Dominic Mysterio. Um, a point of this story was that Eddie had a shock revelation that Dominic was actually his son and that they'd given him, he'd given him up to Rey to look after him because he wasn't in the state to do it. But now he wants his son back. But, oh. but he's part of the Mysterio family now, so there's oh. so much there. So to, in the classic way... We're going to have a ladder match with a briefcase <laughs> in the briefcase has, I don't know if you ownership papers of a child, I guess <laughs> a legal custody kind of summon or whatever. I don't know how exactly how you take ownership of children, but if whoever won, <laughs> whoever won this match would get the custody of Dominic. And it was, this was a pay-per-view match. This people paid to see oh this. This no. is <laughs> like, I can just imagine because, this is this is like basically a modified money in the bank match. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can just Chris Jericho invented the money in the bank match. I want to yeah. know what his reaction was. <laughs> sitting him down and going, you know that really good match you've done that's become a staple in this company. Well, we're gonna make it about a child. I hope you I hope you don't mind because there's nothing you can do to stop this. I just I, <laughs> who the custody of Dominic Mysterio. Who thought of that? Like, because I want to slap him upside the head. Yeah. Just I mean, like... what? <laughs> it was really something. When was this? This was in, like, the mid-2000s. So this wasn't even, like, no. a kind of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't even, like, some sort of bizarre, like, 80s, like, mini-verse that happened. No, this was... I would have accepted the 90s, yep. which... I mean, people got weird in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. Not the mid 2000s. <laughs> yeah, this is like 2002, 2003, because this was. Oh, yeah, this, the, considering who's in it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If this was in Lucha Underground, I would forgive it. <laughs> because they're allowed to do crazy shit like that. 
Mm-hmm. But to be honest, that would be that. that would be tame. Yeah, for Lucha yeah. Underground. <laughs> in Lucha Underground, it would be winner gets the child, loser dies. Yeah, they do like killing people. <laughs> loser like, gets sent to yeah. the shadow realm. Yeah, they do like killing, uh, killing people. Killing off like. characters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that through like somehow through those great like bits of number picking, that is the most tame match. And <laughs> stipulation on this list of things that I made up. So one to it's, thirteen. Let's go with seven. Seven. Oh, so seven what again. A might basic might... bitch number generation. <laughs> yeah, <is> bloody seven. <laughs> <laughs> so again, maybe considering how this is more like conceptually harder to kind of pull together. This is the reverse battle royale. What? The reverse battle royale. This. Um... Okay. Yep, again, a more, a more modern match than I was expecting to pull up on here. But again, this is something I found because I wasn't a big fan of TNA. I didn't really have a way of watching it back in, again, the mid-2000s. But <laughs> So the, the, the try and conceptually, when I say reverse battle royale, how that works for you. And then I'll try and go over what it is. So my first instinct is like, it's a lumberjack match, but then slowly people get into the ring i mean that probably would make a bit more sense than how it was executed oh oh am i going too sensible you're thinking too sensible for this oh dear i genuinely don't (laughs) i can't formulate in my little pea brain like what a reverse battle royale would look like like i don't know like they slowly join in because they get pinned outside of the ring. <laughs> you know, you're, you're closer to the mindset there, Zach. You're this, you're def- you would have done well in the creative team of TNA in 2004. <laughs> the, um, okay, the re- go on, put me out of my misery. The reverse battle royale starts with everyone who would be in this match outside the ring, and there's a mad scramble for everyone to get into the ring. So it's a massive brawl on the outside between 30 to 40 people. Uh, people okay. constantly trying to stop everyone else getting into the ring. Once, right. <laughs> yeah, once half of the people are in the ring, everyone else who didn't manage to get in the ring is eliminated and has to go home. Right. Then it becomes a regular battle royale, oh, where I see. then all the people I who see. are fought to get into the ring are now getting thrown out of the ring. I mean, so it's not really a reverse <laughs> battle royale; is it? it's just a it's... battle royale with extra steps. Yeah, but. Just to finish it off as well, the last two people then have a regular match that ends in pinfall submission. So, just of course, because it couldn't sakes. just be normal. <laughs> no, we have to overbook this as much as possible. Bloody so, <laughs> that again, probably one of the more tamer matches. Was, was this the like the Hogan Bischoff era of TNA? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, um, that tracks. Yeah, this this. Be surprised there's another TNA match on here that's even more complicated than that. Oh, but hopefully no. we'll see if we get to it. Uh, 1 to 12. 11. 11. Oh, this is actually the most recent match. Oh, okay. Dear. The most recent match in it. This is a great stipulation that everyone loved. This is the eye for an eye match. Oh, no. <laughs> How many of these have room stereo in them? <laughs> uh, surprising. I think this is actually the only one that has, I think this is the only one that has him in it. All right. So only, be, only because Matt like cut out all of the other Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like wow. we don't want we don't want to show favoritism for Rey Mysterio in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> other wrestlers are available. <laughs> so an eye for an eye match, and again, this is kind of straightforward. But it's a singles match. But rather than having any kind of pinfall submissions, the winner is the person who 
plucks out his opponent's eye. This was also on WWE pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. This was on WWE pay-per-view last year. Wow, last year, really? Last year. last year. This was during the grand, you know, zero people in the arenas stage okay. of lockdown. This is... I can only imagine how the crowds would have reacted to that one. Oh, boy. Yeah, so it just as that, people just throwing each other face first into things. Um, and it's a fun bit on the background of that match where, uh, yeah, it was... Right, so one of the companions who had apparently gone completely nuts because his wife had announced that she was pregnant. Right. And he couldn't mentally... F- this And again, this is real life as well. Like, he's, he's like, his real life wife was pregnant. <laughs> um, and yeah, Rey Mysterio just comes to him backstage and is like, congratulations, and he just zones out and leaves. And then Rey Mysterio calls him a dick. Um Oh. And yeah, and then when they're out in the ring, they're having a tag match, he just the other guy, Seth Rollins, rams Rey Mysterio eye first into the corner of the stairs. Oh. And it and so therefore it's eventually set out that the only way we can really settle this grudge is by having a match where the other person has to add damage the other person's eye. Um <laughs> the um the original plan was to have a CGI eye kind of fly out on oh, no. on the, but <laughs> when apparently when Vince saw it it looked shit so he wouldn't let him do it so they um so the ending of the match is Ray getting thrown face first into some stairs and while he's covering his face someone slides him like a prosthetic eye and you just get enough of it on camera to see it kind of like rolling around in his hand <laughs> so Ray Mysterio lost his eye and, and literally wrestled with a like a mask over his eye for for, for like good like six months <laughs> How did he get his eye back? Um, they reattached his eye. That was kayfabe. They got him to a <laughs> medical facility to reattach his eye. Oh, wow. They, oh, just, they reattached it. Yeah, That's all the yeah. assume that you deserve. Eyes are plug and play. Could you <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, just USB Lego, eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took a while because obviously like with the USB thing, they had to get it upside down a couple of times. They couldn't plug yeah. it in the right way the first time. <laughs> so it took a while to heal. But yeah, that's again, that's the most that's a 2019-2020 match. So wow. and there's only ever been one of those. You'd be surprised. Surprisingly. They haven't made that a full like yearly pay-per-view yet, but give it give it a couple <laughs> of years. If I'm honest, I'm actually more upset at the run-up to that. Because that sounds like the most boring white bread storyline I've ever heard of in wrestling. <laughs> oh, someone was weird about their wife being pregnant. And that somehow was Rey Mysterio's fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> this was this was a little bit after he'd also been thrown off a roof recently during like a Money in the Bank match where oh they had God. the Money in the Bank at the top of the top of the actual WWE headquarters. That was a, and then yeah, Rey Mysterio just that got thrown a off the roof. Terrible idea. Terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah, it was a bit of a rough time for Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any more 11. Ray matches in this list? There's no Ray. No. Yeah, there's definitely no more Ray matches in this one. One to 11, friends. Uh, let's go six. Six. Ooh. So welcome to the grand world of WCW uh, in the late 90s for a sumo monster truck death match. Hey, I'm sorry, what? A, a sumo <laughs> monster truck death match. I remember this one. (laughs) 
okay. Uh, it's... So let me have a guess. What would that yeah. be? Um, well, I'm assuming it's not sumos in monster trucks. That would make the most sense to me somehow. Yeah, that would make the most sense. Wouldn't it, it would make the most sense. Yeah, like I'm kind of thinking like sumos in monster trucks, but then I don't really know where the wrestlers come in to that <laughs> situation. Uh, are are the monster trucks? I I don't know. Um, no, you're just gonna have to tell me. That makes literally no sense. Go so... on. <laughs> Hulk Hogan versus the Giant, aka the Big Show, aka Paul White. Are they uh, dressed like sumos? No, although that's an interesting thing for Paul White in terms. Of maybe another, maybe yeah, another we'll get episode. Back to that. About, <laughs> okay, um, sumo monster truck. They have two monster trucks on the roof of Ted Turner, like Turner Enterprise headquarters. They uh, love and, roofs, don't they? Yeah, they love roofs. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the two of them are in a each in their own monster truck. And then they have a sumo match where they drive the monster trucks at each other with with sumo rules in terms of the winner is the first oh, one to shunt okay. the other person's monster truck out of the ring that they put out there. So that's not really wrestling, though, is it? No, but it had wrestlers in it. <laughs> there, were, there were wrestlers, also, and it was on yeah. a wrestling show. It was on WCW. Yeah, yeah. and they put a load of decal and like special I mean, marking on the outside of Hulk Hogan's one, so it looked like Hulk Hogan if he was a monster. <laughs> it it, it mean, had arms. It had you know, big old you, arms. If you start letting them get in cars, <laughs> what kind of crazy Mad Max wrestling world are we going for here? I mean... <laughs> We already have the Road Warriors. I mean, yeah, we have the Road Warriors, but like they, they didn't actually they fight did on the road. They wrestled. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get in cars and just run people over to cheat their way through <laughs> wrestling matches. I mean, just... this isn't the first time wrestling and cars have come together. Yeah. I mean, there is that famous. Just is that on your? That, I'm not gonna. That's not on the list. That's not on the list. There but... is the, the the King of the Road match in which Dustin fought in the back of a hay bale truck. Mm -hmm. At least they were fighting. And also Sammy Guevara got hit by a golf cart. Does that count? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I mean... well, I, not as a gimmick match. It definitely counts as a, a bit cheaty. It's Keith cars in wrestling. It's a bit mm -hmm. cheaty though, isn't it? Yeah. Nobody true. saw that and was like, wow, that was really fair. That's, that that's good wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody kicks out of the hit by a golf cart. <laughs> oh, that'll be my finisher when I'm around. Hit by a golf cart. Yeah. Just disappear backstage and come out with a golf cart. So how, does he, how does he keep getting them in the arena? I don't understand. Like, do we not have security here? It's just... Yeah, but how do you think the security get around so fast? <laughs> um, just to finish off with this sumo, like after Hogan won, because of course he did, there was a heated altercation on the roof between him and the giant that oh, ended with Hulk Hogan. Off. Yeah, Hulk Hogan accidentally pushed him off the roof. Like accidentally. Yeah, he, he fell off and Hogan went to try and grab him and he fell off. And, he, and then Hogan was like, oh God, I didn't... Literally, on, he was like on camera, like, oh God, I didn't mean to. Someone help! And then he just kind of cut to something else and they went and did another match in, back in the arena. And it was just... So, oh, so as, far no. as, as far as people in the late 90s, they just watched Hulk Hogan kill a man. Which, you know, I wow. wouldn't be surprised if there is footage of Hulk Hogan killing a man somewhere. It's, it's out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we'll go with number one. Number one? Oh. Possibly... One of the worst matches of all time. Oh my god. Oh, I have a couple of thoughts in mind about what this could be. <laughs> well, welcome, my friends, to the kennel from hell. Oh no. <laughs> the kennel 
the kennel from hell. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want to pass that to you, or you just want me to just go straight into it. But I mean, it's a... unless it's got furries in it, I've got no idea. Yeah. So you may I as mean... well just go. <laughs> too, too much abstraction. <laughs> <laughs> Way more so, abstract than that. Visually, it could have been very cool. It was a standard cage match, but also a Hell in a Cell match at the same time. The ring had one of the old school cages on the outside, okay. and then outside that, there was a, a big cell. So you had a bit of the floor to walk around outside of the cage. Okay. Uh, the reason that there was a cage inside and the cell and the bit on the port outside was because the outside was being patrolled by vicious, terrible, bloodthirsty guard dogs. Okay. And the the idea was like you eventually the softest looking dogs ever. They were they were like Rottweilers, so they were actually like guard well, dogs, like the, the typical visuals. Scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but they're not going to put their wrestlers in with dogs that are actually dangerous, no. are they? So they're probably like actually the softest <laughs> yeah. dogs ever. The, the, so while the wrestling was happening in the ring, which was already hard enough to see because the people were looking through two cages to yeah. try and see what was happening, um, the dogs decided that they were going to amuse themselves by walking around pissing and shitting everywhere. And when they oh, weren't doing that, no. when they weren't doing that, also they decided that, you know what, they're going to start humping each other too. <laughs> so <laughs> so on, live on pay-per-view. Live big on boss man. pay-per-view. Sea dogs humping and shitting. You paid 50 bucks for this guy. I hope you just <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, Was there like people near the second cage? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, the, so they, they had like that. All they could smell was dog, dog shit. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh and, no! And all they could see was dogs humping. The I dogs had like handles. Who was in the ring? <laughs> it was the big boss man versus Al Snow. Uh, that oh, was. Oh no! Just so, also at the lead up to this match was the boss man had. Um, well, sorry, Al Snow had a small chihuahua called Pepper, um, and because the boss man was angry with Al Snow, he kidnapped Pepper. Okay. And Al Snow was very sad because someone had stolen his tiny dog friend. Yeah. And That's then wh- after a while, Boss Man was like, you know what? I've gone too far. I do apologize. Why don't you come round to my hotel later? I'll make you a nice dinner. Oh and my we god, will... is he going to have fed him? Yeah, that's exactly oh. what happened. He came and fed him. and then God like, damn it! And then, where's Pepper? It's like, he's right here. As he turned him into a massive kind of like pulled pork kind of meat platter. Sake. And then that's where like the dog thing came from is this kind of thing on the match. <laughs> but it's just like, it was so hard to watch. Uh, everyone was way too distracted by the dogs who were just doing what, like they were like, you They're know, vicious dogs dog that if things. you fell out, yeah, if you fell out of the cage, you get attacked by these dogs and these dogs are just like too busy, just like, oh. Also them being in like a big arena as well where loads of people kind of overwrought them with the sound too. So they were just like yeah. dumbfounded while they weren't like pooping everywhere. It was... Oh. To be honest, they were probably pooping because they were, like, anxious. Yeah. Like, that, that is the dogs do. And to be fair, I think I'd be anxious if I was just a little dog in, a, yeah. in an arena full of people. I mean, <laughs> t- to be honest, the the dog poo does add, like, another level yeah, of... Yeah, like, they've made new stage hazards. That, yeah, yeah, like, don't get thrown out of the ring or you go directly into dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Al, Al Snow won that match. If you really wanted to know, you know, just for your I for your very, wrestling encyclopedia, the only one who had dog. Yes, he was the one that ate the yeah. dog. So he was the one who had his dog kidnapped. So you know, the good guy won in the end. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I was I was very worried about that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would have been an 
extra kick in the teeth, wouldn't yeah. it? If he'd, ha- if he'd been forced to eat his own dog and then... And then also lost, and then and then lost the also match. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad day for Al Snow. <laughs> so you got one to eight this time. Uh, let's go with six. Six. Oh, baby. One of the greatest matches of all time. The Crybaby match. Oh, no. The what? The Crybaby match. Do you have to make the other person cry? If only. So, <laughs> the Crybaby match has only happened once. Uh, big surprise. That it's a bit of a bit of a theme surprising. running through this. Yes. It's uh, Razor Ramon versus the One Two Three Kid, uh, and their legendary rivalry. Uh, the Crybaby match was you. Uh, it was a standard match for a bit, but the winner of the match uh, got to take out a massive diaper, oh, put it on man. their opponent. <laughs> cover them, cover them with talcum powder, and which would then make them cry. And I that mean, was that's that's the shtick of the match. For some reason, I it's a, one of these kind of ancient WWE matches. It was like nineteen ninety one, I think. So it's a bit before I was like properly watching. And it's one of these things I've like it's I've seen referenced several times in the history in terms of isn't this funny the way we used to be, guys? Sort of lists that WWE brings up, but it's just. I don't know, man. Seeing just a grown man being put in a diaper I, and given a bottle I, and covered in talcum powder. I genuinely am dumbfounded. That is the <laughs> worst idea for a match I think I've ever heard. It's a really, really dumb one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, who I, thought... Was that pay-per-view? You know what? It might have been. I'd have to... These silly gimmick matches usually are pay-per-view, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it was in, it was at an In Your House, which is what the... Like, the pay-per-view oh special God. events used to be. Yeah. God, could you imagine you've dropped your hard-earned cash on this amazing wrestling pay-per-view and, and then the match comes on <laughs> and it's the bloody crybaby match. <laughs> I, I'd want a refund. That's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... I've not seen this whole list, but I guarantee that that is not the worst match. Oh no, it won't be. But still, oh my god! Just seeing the... at least at least the others have some flavour of creativity to them. Like I would be less, I would be less angry if I'd had to watch the 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 dog kennel one. Fine, I get they tried to do <laughs> something interesting. At least, even if it went catastrophically wrong, just. <laughs> What? For God's sake! <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, God, I can't even tell you the narrative beats on that one. It just is what it is. So, <laughs> to be honest, I don't think there is a narrative beat that could save that. No, nothing can save the <laughs> crybaby match. No. I mean, assuming I'm assuming it's got something to do with the fact one of them is called like what was it one two three one two three kid yeah yeah he was is it yeah he was a kid therefore he was a baby. Mm-hmm. And the other guy wasn't a kid, so it would be very embarrassing if he had to dress yeah. up like a baby. Because everyone's very macho in the 90s. So, <laughs> so, so our, our last one for today, at least. Uh, one to seven. Okay, what do you reckon? Oh, it's your, it's your go. It's my turn. Okay, we'll go with number two. Number two. Oh. <laughs> this is one of the two I was hoping. It's a very simple match. But uh, welcome back to the wonderful world of wrestling with dogs. Oh, joys. 
and I bring you to a match by two of the greatest wrestlers ever, The Rock and the British Bulldog. Okay. Yeah, and they wrestled in the one and only dog poo match. Oh no. Uh. <laughs> I'm sure you can already paint a picture of how I, mechanically it, this match works. It's just it's just kennel from hell but intentional. Yeah. Yep. Maybe yep. that's what they were doing. They were like, oh we really need to recover that. Yeah. <laughs> we need to bring back this this dog based entertainment. If we just do it right this time, it'll be a legendary a legendary moment in wrestling. But yeah, The Rock and Davy Boy Smith, two of the best to ever do it. Um, mm-hmm. wrestling in a match where the loser would be the one that got slammed into a massive tray of dog poo. Oh, that's, <laughs> it, that's, it's you know, gross. <laughs> what I find funny about these kinds of matches, right, like where there's some kind of like gross out factor out of here, getting, like, if you imagine that it's real, I mean, obviously it's not going to be real dog poo, but like, Say in the reality where it is real dog poo, right? In kayfabe. In the kayfabe, like, who was the poor bastard going to collect the dog yeah, poo? For right. Today? <laughs> that was more. That was Mick Foley. That was Mick Foley. That was Mick Foley. He came out. He was the one that brought out the poop tray. So. Oh my god! So in the kayfabe, Mick Foley went out and collected some dog poo. Yep, that's right. Several, Mankind. Yep. Several piles of dog poo. It was a it was a pretty hefty pile of dog food. It was a real it was, it was a full like you know like gourmet platter size barbecue. That like, for, is just that is foul, man. I can't believe mankind would do that. Yeah. <laughs> Big surprise. The Rock did not lose that match. I can't poor. imagine. I think I would have known. I would have heard if the Rock ever went face first into dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, no one went face first. Davy Boy Smith went took like the greatest move: the Rock bottom in uh, back first into the poop, tr- and he just had to sit there looking oh. really sad afterwards, covered the, in poop. The right. thing, okay, that's a really good finish, except the fact that the Rock bottom means that the Rock's face actually went really close to that dog. Yeah. Poop. Yeah, yeah. Been, with the amount of poop that's there, you would no way you'd have been to avoid the smell if it was mm. real. Which I'm again, I mean, it's a hundred percent sure that they did not get it. Stage real. poop. Yeah, yeah, stage poop. It's probably just like chocolate or something. Yeah, <laughs> chocolate pudding, molded chocolate. Yeah, but there you go, guys. That was Grace. the wonderful world of, of gimmick <laughs> matches and the small and like a, like four days worth of research. There were some ones on here that we didn't get to that I was kind of hoping would pull out, but. I was I was hoping for a Chamber of Horrors drop. Um, yeah, we, it was there. It was on the uh, list. Oh, did we just not? Can't believe we danced around Chamber we've of Horrors. We danced around it. That's a shame. My big segue for this was going to be: I was hoping that we were going to end on the on the Chamber of Horrors because yeah. there is a through line between the Chamber of Horrors and Darby Allen. But unfortunately, <laughs> we cannot do that segue. No, so we I'm can't. Just so we're describe just... the segue to you. I am just yeah. going to loudly go into my jingle, Zach. Fact checks, promos. Um, <laughs> because, so, on Dynamite, we had um, an Ethan Page, Darby Allen segment, um, where Ethan Page was, I don't know, spouting off some nonsense, as, as per. And he said some things like he uh, broke Darby Allen's elbow, like said that he wore the face makeup to hide a scar, that he'd uh, sorry, he said that Darby Allen had uh, started wearing the face paint. He had a scar that Ethan Page put on him, um, and I was instantaneously like, "No, that's 
all absolute nonsense. Like, I just, <laughs> I do not believe a single word out of your mouth, Ethan Page. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll go and have a look back uh, because obviously, you know, the the Ethan Page Darby Allen stuff wasn't AEW. So if you didn't watch Evolve, you probably don't know about it. Um, so basically, I've got I've got a bit of a rundown. Uh, the face paint uh, to hide the scar thing, absolute total garbage. Because uh, Darby Allen's, uh, from my understanding, this was his first match. Like, with 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 a promotion. He was um, picked uh, as a WWN tryout to wrestle Ethan Page. Uh, this was April 2016 on Evolve 59. Uh, Ethan wins by uh, a package power driver. Uh, very good, under five minute match though, as were a lot of these matches yeah. in the beginning of this feud. Uh, so this feud goes on for about a year, and most of the matches are like you know they're you're under five minutes. Derby loses them all. Um, so they wrestle again a couple of months later. Oh, sorry, I forgot the most important thing. The first time. Darby Allen and Ethan Page uh, wrestle. Uh, Ethan Page has the most incredible Baymax shorts on. <laughs> uh, and I just, I really wanted to give that a shout out if you can find a picture. Uh, Kenny Johnson, um, he, a lot of my, um, a lot of my information for this comes from a documentary he did. If you Google uh, Ethan Page, uh, Darby Allen uh, documentary, it's on, it's on his, um, YouTube is a half an hour and you can see some footage of that match and, and they really are just in, absolutely incredible uh, trunks. Anyway, um, so then they wrestle, sorry, again, a couple of months later in the June. Uh, again, Ethan wins uh, another package power driver, another under five minute match. It was quite difficult finding information on these matches because when they're not uh, over five minutes, they do not get put on cage match. So that suddenly meant finding those a bit harder. Fun. Yeah. Um, so then at Evolve 69, uh, nice. nice. Uh, Darby Allen is signed because he beats Tony Nice. I just felt like while it's not necessarily related to the, um, not necessarily related to their feud, I feel like it adds that bit of flavour because it's very much, this is one of those feuds where like Darby Allen is like, I've got to win, I've got to be someone. And Ethan Page is like, no, I'm a veteran. Get out of my face, you little fly. Um, and that, to be honest, that sort of categorises the whole feud. That is what it is. Um, and then we get uh, Ethan Page sends Brian Cage after Darby Allen Interesting. Um, in the December, uh, Cage wins. Uh, I mean, that's not too much of a shot. And that was just one of those like when I was when I was reading about it, I was like, "Oh, hello, Brian Cage." <laughs> <laughs> I love it, a little unexpected Brian Cage. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, it kind of goes on like this, where they'll occasionally have a match: Ethan Page versus Darby Allen. Ethan Page will win. Uh, Darby Allen will just be sort of like weirdly creepy around Ethan Page's matches for a bit, and then like they'll have another match. I mean, Darby Allen skulking is like, that's an established character. Yes. So I mean, but it's slightly more like it's less his current skulking and more like creepy. Like he's a bit obsessed with Ethan Page skulking. Okay. Um, Weird. So then, this leads up to. Um, 
the first Darby Allen win. We have an Anything Goes match and uh, Darby wins with a fantastic ladder spot. They show it in that documentary. Um, he's on like on this on a like on this huge ladder. Uh, Ethan Page is like laid down on a table. Darby Allen jumps down and then pins him. And like, my God, it looked vicious. It was really <laughs> good. Um, so that that is a year after this feud starts. Darby Allen finally gets wow. a win. Wow. Um, and then uh, a month after that. This is where the arm thing comes in because they have a last man standing match and quite frankly, it's brutal. I mean, you can imagine what a Darby Allen last man standing match oh looks like. Um, so the arm thing is true. He did break his arm and what's even worse is just saying he broke his arm is an understatement of what happened. So Ethan Page has a shovel and he smacks Darby with it with like full mm. force. The shovel cuts through down to the uh, down to oh. the muscle oh. in his arm. Oh, no. Right, so he's fractured his arm that requires surgery to remove remove bone fragments because it's that bad. He continues wrestling like that for ten minutes, and the poor mm. bastard succumbs to a ten count. Oh, that is how he no. goes out in that match. Um and like obviously like he's like then cast he's cast up for like twelve weeks, um so yeah that bit was true and then that seems to me from what I could find to be like the end of that feud which do you know what fair enough yeah yeah um, but yeah so uh, Ethan Page ultimately did win that feud I guess um but mostly through I think chopping like, off Darby yeah. Allen's arm <laughs> yeah delimbing him. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I tell you what, like the the video footage, um, like it, obviously it doesn't really show too much of the arm or anything, and it doesn't look that like that serious of a cut from what you do see, but like it, Dar I've never seen Darby Allen in agony before, and you can see it like in his face. Damn! Um, wow. So yeah, I feel like there's there's a lot to this feud. That there's a lot of bad blood in there. Yeah, but, I mean because I mean at the end of the day, like the last match they had, if I am correct in that, I couldn't find anything extra. Um, so yeah, the the feud ends in 2017, and then Darby Allen, uh, he goes, he continues in evolve for a bit, um, and then obviously ends up moving to AEW. Yeah, uh, down the line. So, so we have like the the, the feud seems to seem to start. Well, Ethan Page was a big a big deal in Evolve. So he, he was, was a ten year veteran. Yeah. by that point, he was like he was he was a top guy at yeah. Evolve. Yeah, and Darby comes in at the bottom and yeah, basically sets sights on him. And now we've sort of got the reverse of that because yeah. Darby is now a champion. He is yeah. the face of TNT. Um, and we've got Ethan Page coming in not from the bottom, but definitely from, from lower. Impact. Yeah, lower on the pecking order. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to see those roles reversed and now Ethan Page is trying to act like he's still the top dog. And... Oh, we, uh, a, a side note, we uh, saw the body bag and thumbtacks trick again. Oh, that was, that he, loves, he loves those, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I hated it. <laughs> um, God, I mean, this is like, this is like fascinating to like hear this, especially because like, and this is the great thing, another great thing about AEW is that these kind of relationships that these characters have that aren't confined to what's happening on TV. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's primary, I get that, because it's your show. Yeah. But there's still the idea is that, yeah, this bad blood between Ethan Page and Darby Allen has gone on for, what, five, six years, and yeah. there's still some Started unfinished business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started in 2016, and... Yeah, I mean, yeah. just... I mean, that gives it a lot more weight than just Ethan yes. Page being really... Like, I just want the TNT title. This and um, if, you, if you're if you interested, the uh, WWN Live YouTube channel still has some of the old promos on there. Ooh. So you can still go back and, like, watch the promos that they've done. And obviously there's the documentary by Kenny Johnson. Um, mm. and, and, like, that's got, like, sort of um, most of the information in it. And, like, it... Do you know, it's really strange seeing Darby Allen so fresh. <laughs> like, his promos just aren't quite there yet. But, like, you can see the... the, the uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit funny. Like, just, I really enjoyed it. That's cool. That's really... It's, hmm. it, it, again, like, like we were saying last week with um, the, the Impact crossover thing, like, AW is making non-WWE wrestling better. Yeah. By mm-hmm. and, and I think having this kind of thing where um you've now gone out and watched some evolve matches from twenty sixteen. Were they good matches? Did you enjoy watching them? Yeah. Would you have watched them otherwise? No. <laughs> so <laughs> this the, like having these sort of bringing back these feuds, having the relationships from previous shows, previous uh different promotions incorporating yeah. all of those it just makes the wrestling world better and mm-hmm. more textured because everything yeah. now in- intermingles and it's good we have it's our good. wrestling multiverse <laughs> and now me and matt can go in and fully appreciate yeah, this feud yeah i guess you get a bit more kind of context on why ethan page doesn't like darby allen and i can't just be like a I can pretend I know what I was there the whole time, you know. <laughs> I mean, I could have guessed that Ethan Page wouldn't like Darby Allen just by looking at the two of them. <laughs> but it's nice to know that they did actually have some run-ins. Yeah. And just, that it's and weird. that it's not just like that sort of typical, like, oh it's a personality clash, where like at least with the few, like you could sort of almost see like why Darby Allen would set sights on Ethan Page. You could see why Ethan Page would be annoyed at Darby Allen because th- I mean this is all going on like Darby Allen wanting sort of his shots at Ethan Page is all while Ethan Page is trying to do other rivalries <laughs> and basically it's like this sort of weird like this kid is starting to really annoy me like no matter how many times <laughs> I beat you you keep asking for more matches like go away <laughs> <laughs> leave me be your annoying skeleton mat yeah <laughs> So yes, the um the face makeup bit in the promo false. He uh, Darby Allen had that from the get go, uh. But the the arm thing, yeah, like one hundred percent, he did. He did like really mess up Darby Allen's arm. <laughs> and I'm I'm actually now more excited to see where this Ethan Page Darby Allen thing mm. goes. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. It's it's always it's always nice to see like the re- like the revival of old feuds when the characters have fundamentally shifted in their in their like place in the pecking order and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah. Sadly, we're not going to see it next week because next week is the mirror. No. So Darby yeah. Allen is fully booked. Lot of mirror to handle <laughs> for now. For now. Uh, what else is on the card for next week? Do we know? next? Ooh, yeah. Other than the TNT Championship match between Miro and Darby Allen, you've also got a number one contender 
for Double or Nothing for the world title. Orange Cassidy versus Pac. That's number one versus number two, respectively. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, oh, sorry. It's going to be fun, but like, I feel, I don't know, unless they do um, like a Kenny Pac bit. Yeah. It feels like they've already telegraphed who's winning this match. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. They've done that with most of them, right? Like that's that's how wrestling works. But it yeah. feels very revealed this time. Like I don't, I don't feel like Pack has a good chance. No, Pack's going no. in on the back foot. No, nar- narratively speaking, yes. Mm-hmm. But whereas, could... like in reality, I feel like Pack would take it. Out yeah. The top, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pac, Pac yeah. Pack would would shred that small orange, <laughs> <laughs> and he has before. Yeah. So, uh, you got uh, the Young Bucks versus SCU for the AEW Tag Team Championships. That's extra good. weight on this. Extra weight on this. If SCU lose, that's SCU done. They break up as a team. So it genuinely that, surprises me that's not pay per view. Yeah, I mean yeah. this 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 is a stacked card. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I have theories why this isn't a pay per view match, but you have theories. Go on. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be the Bucks versus Mox and Kingston for the tag titles of Double or Nothing. Oh, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Especially having coming off the back of like breaking up SCU, mm-hmm. assuming they win and SCU don't become tag champions. Yeah, um, that'd be bizarre. I don't want SCU to be over, though. <laughs> no, I nobody like wants SCU. SCU to be over. No, time catches up with us all, though, Zach. Yeah. yeah, but so that's, that's, that's all SCU gone as well. It's not like Kazarian has Scorpio Sky to fall back. I on, know. Really. And the only other match announced for this, which is crazy, really, it's a IWGP US Heavyweight Title match. John Moxley defending against Yuji Nagata. Good lord! Like Good lord. an actual an, a New Japan title being defended outside of a New Japan show for the first time ever. Okay, right, like. So Moxley's promo for this, like, was I the only one that thought it just came across a little bit silly? Like, the, <laughs> that John Moxley was bothered about being called a punk? Like, it was a little punk. The little yeah, fine, but, like, it's John goddamn Moxley. Like, he's been called way worse and been way less bothered. <laughs> I think he just wants an excuse to fight. Yes, yes, yeah. he does. Like, and <laughs> think... that, I'm, I'm not like, you know, annoyed at the storyteller or anything. No. I just, I just thought it was a bit funny. But like, seeing John Moxley be like, "How dare you call me a little punk?" <laughs> I think this is definitely more the Mox of New Japan character, the yes. of the Mox of AEW, because this is the, the Death, Death Rider. Rider. Yeah, this is the Death Rider, who is just this unhinged lunatic, as opposed to Mox, who's just this kind of bin dwelling. Like, <laughs> Maniac, I guess there's a difference yeah. there somewhere, I'm sure. Mm. But yeah, Yuji Nagata is a like he's been around for a long time. He he wrestled for the United States title in WCW about 20 years ago. Wow. So yeah, he has history around there, and it's and it's interesting to see him back. So yeah, I don't I, know where, what I can't happens. believe a New Japan title is being defended on AEW. Yeah, it's that's mad. It's yeah, it's good though. It's oh yeah, Forbidden it's, Door and all that. Door well and truly open, I would, I yeah. one would suggest. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'm still not convinced yet. But yeah, those are the only four matches announced right now. 
It's a card subject to change, friends. Card uh, subject and also, to change. We've also got to fit in a three-minute women's squash match in there somewhere, I guess. <laughs> so. um, with that out of the way, shall we do plugs and plugs and exit then? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Do you want to go first, Zach? Well, with my plugs, <laughs> uh, my plugs are for um, being outside, um, <laughs> sometimes turning off the computer and uh, resting your eyes and keeping hydrated. Some, Some good, good life advice there. <laughs> yeah, like Become more rounded as a human being. That's yeah. my... <laughs> Follow me on the gentle spring breeze. Oh, that's like... very... Yeah. I'm, li- I'm liking this, this Zach meditation podcast. Or you know you do your plugs. Now, now you I could do my plugs. Beg for follow on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Find me on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. WomatBerry. I stream three times a week on Twitch. It's not wrestling yet until at least until the AEW game comes out, which will be in like 2022. But come and hang out with me. I'm very lonely. <laughs> and I can be found on again YouTube, t- Twitch, and Twitter at Eden's Things. I just I do a lot of things, and you can see <laughs> them there. Um, and they're all Eden things. They're all Eden things. And we still don't have a sign off. No. So. no. Until so, next time. Yeah, we're tapping out, friends. Until next time. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs>